Good afternoon and welcome to another exciting episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I am Moya and my fabulous co-host, ma'am. I'm Georgia. Yes, it is the one and only the Miss Georgia. And we are so excited today, Georgia. How you been doing? I've been doing good. Nice to see this beautiful weather out today, huh? Yeah, man. It's literally like night and day. Oh, well, not literally, but I mean, you know the old saying is, what a difference two weeks makes. That's all I can say. <laughs> Amen. And I am so excited about getting into our movie today, Moya. I know, Georgia. Um, we're going to get right into it. Um, usually we chit-chat with you guys a bit, but, you know, uh, Intruder in the Dust. And if those for those of you who have seen it, you know, we got to get right into it because this is such an incredible movie. Um, starring Juan Hernandez, um, David, David Bryan, I always say his name wrong because there's a two name, <laughs> Clark Jarman Jr., Elizabeth Patterson. Georgia, this movie was unreal, right? Yes, it is a miracle that this movie was even made. Yes, yes. And I'm laughing because what she's saying, I thought the exact same thing. Because what year was it? 1949, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And you're right. It was so ahead of itself that I can't, I can't even believe it. Yeah. But you know, Moya, if I had to say, you know, a word to describe this movie, just one word, and, and, and I do think it's one of the most significant movies I've ever seen. I would say courageous. That yes. is the word I would use because it was courageous in making it. Yes. And I think that the characters and the treatment of the, and the subject matter was very courageous itself. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and like I said, I, you hit the nail on the head. How this one got uh, past the movie studios and, and it didn't do well. Let me just say it did not do well. It was a it was a commercial flop, but it was widely recognized, even won a few awards, um, not any of the big, big ones like we know the Oscars and all that. But it, it won some uh, it had won some achievement awards. Let's let's be clear. Yeah. It definitely did. And also William Faulkner won the Nobel Prize after this movie was made. It was kind of retroactive in 1951. And uh, uh, Juan Hernandez was recognized um, as at the Golden Globes for most promising newcomer. Yes, yes. Which 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 is amazing for that time, too. I mean, uh, you know, so yeah, it, he won for that. I don't, uh, you know, you always do the research. I don't know what the, who the contenders were for best Oscar that year um, or whatever. You know, you know, I hate to look back uh, and look back in anger, but um, this certainly should have been a contender. And Wano Hernandez and Elizabeth Patterson. So those of you, that name should sound familiar. This woman has been in like a million movies um, from probably uh late silent on to probably her death and you know her when you see her and i can't really think of one role from her that stands out i think she was in a lot of those bulldog drumming um series where she played the aunt so maybe you the older aunt the older lady so you probably know her from that she she could play it all drama 
comedy. But to me, Georgia, this was her best role because I've seen her in so many things. Yes. She she should have been recognized. I don't think she was recognized for anything, but she she stole every scene in that movie, in this movie. She did for me too. I loved, loved, loved her character. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Well, we were going to get into it. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I mean, she she was just a wonder. And I loved the way they, I mean, the woman was a phenomenon. She was a phenomenon. Yes. You know, at, at a time when, this is at a time when, okay, you know, people sometimes they don't have any money. They don't have much social status or ranking. But there was something about her right. she brings to this character where people will step back yeah. and they will give her, it's the way she, her demeanor, they give her respect. Yes. And what she does with that is she does, she moves mountains with that little bit, that yes. little bit of, with that persona that she has. But anyway, well, yeah, we'll get into that. No, you said it absolutely perfectly. So is uh this was in nineteen forty nine. It's set in um in, in Mississippi. Um and do we even need to say more after that? <laughs> it's the fictional it's the fictional town of Jackson, Mississippi, I believe. I, I think that's the name of the and the, the town and correct me if I'm wrong. Will Jeer, we're leaving him out. Will Jeer, who is Grandpa Gear, I think it's pronouncing Gear who is the grandpa from uh, Walton's fame, everybody uh, from the 70s. Uh, people our age and older remember the Waltons. They were a famous American television show. So he was grandpa. Um, he was in this. I mean, just really a, a who's who of characters that was in this. So it's 1949, obviously, Mississippi. This is a William Faulkner, like um, Georgia said. And I, last time we, we did Breaking Point, I mentioned... Uh, Hemingway and Steinbeck, I, and I, I knew it was somebody I left out, Faulkner. I love the way these three gentlemen write or wrote um, because they is they just, I don't mind gut-punching stories, George, and I know you don't either, right? Right. And so I, and I he, agree. Every, he, 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 they present everyday people and everyday problems, draw, draw you into the story and ask you now, what, you, what would you do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I love those kinds. Amen to this. Yeah. And this is such a fascinating movie because you've got so many things going on here. You have a crime, there's suspense. You've got uh, like uh, these very powerless people going up against this big, powerful, huge mm -hmm. group of people. It's a David and Goliath story. Right. So it really captures you right. immediately. Right. Well, Georgia, tell them, you know, you know, we're, we don't like to give away spoilers. We are really spoiler sensitive. So Georgia, just give everybody a gist of the story. All right. This is about a strong and proud black man, and he's a landowner. And, and he lives in rural Mississippi. And the story starts out where he is uh, wrongly arrested and jailed for the murder of a white man. Um, and as he is, the mob is becoming more and more restless outside, they want to lynch him. And his only hope from being spared this horrible, horrible thing that awaits him, it, it all depends on... Uh, a black and a white teenage boy and an elderly white woman 
And, and that's where the story takes off from there. Yes. And he he killed uh, uh, allegedly a white man by shooting him in the back. He's arrested for it. You know, there ain't no crime labs. Ain't no CSI, ain't no CSI or nothing like forensics or no kind of crap like that. There's no, uh, no, no, there ain't no Black Lives Matter coming to his rescue or nothing like that. We just told you it's 1949 Mississippi. <laughs> and, right. you know, and Faulkner said in Mississippi because he was from Mississippi. And, um, so you, and, and, and knowing this, that there is no Calvary, so to speak for this man, you are already on the edge of your seat. You cannot, I couldn't, even though I had seen it before, but it just brought all the intensity back to me. I was holding my, you, it, you are holding your breath on the edge of your seat. And even though yeah. I knew what was going to happen, I still, yeah. because of the production, because of the, the director from Clarence Brown, who was a, who was a man's man type of director. Um, and because of his performances, you know, there was very little music in it. You know, it was, it was, the music was incidental yeah. when it needed. So it wasn't a, like the music wasn't taking you on again, put you, put you, te stop texting you know, to stop looking up and down from your phone and you got to pay attention because you're going to miss the intensity of it all. You have to pay. And it's a short movie. It's really not that long, but you got to pay attention. Right. And, and Moya, there are so many little attentions to detail that yes. this director takes yes. pains to do. Yes. You need to watch very carefully because they tell you so many things about the character. Yes. And Every single scene is done with purpose. There's yes. nothing in here that's thrown in. No, 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 no. Every no. single scene you see, there's like a reason behind it. Right. And and like Georgia said, and I'm going to go deeper with the plot, this man's guilt or innocence hinges upon his brief encounter with this little white teenager played yes. by Claude Jarman Jr., he and this little white teenager have this brief encounter and they kind of see each other every now and then around the town. But, uh, when the mob comes that, you know, it, it, you know, of course for, for black people back then, um, and depending on what town you in, even some white people, if you were to pull white trash, you know, and I, you know, no offense, but you know, that's, that's how you would call. If you didn't have the money or the means or what per people perceived you to have the class or the clout, the mob was coming for you. And God help you. And uh, Wano Hernandez, uh, Lucas's, uh, Lucas Beauchamp, that was his character. He, you know, asked this little uh, teenager who, and, 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 and the dynamic between, like you said, Georgia, no scene was lost because even the dynamic between Lucas, uh, Clark Jarman, the teenager, and his parents, you know, that dynamic between them really helped Lucas you know, feel confident or gather up the nerve to assert himself to help this man because he wants to prove I'm not a kid anymore. So that had something to do with it as well. Um, and then we got to inter interject the uncle played by David Bryan, um, the uh, Uncle John, um, the lawyer who ultimately got involved in the case. This is this, this, this move, it will not be shown, but if you would show the, this type of movie, um, and so many other gems of the past, it just sounds so corny, but I, I, I'm not going to say race relations would totally go away, but they certainly would, would improve or you would have a decent conversation in America about race because 
this movie was actually based upon uh and georgia did you find this in your notes in your studies on uh, a 1920 case 1919 or 1920 case ben ingram was accused of this type of um crime and uh i think it was in mississippi too and that's where well, well faulkner got this from i think mississippi and it was it's based on this and a man was acquitted by all white all male jury for for murder um and he said uh according to the the, the my research it was a, a cousin of his who told that this was what this was based on and he said that it was white and black support from his uncle's community that helped him uh you know win his case so but you know georgia we're not taught that in america it's taught it's taught that all white people are evil uh we, we you know they have all these cra crazy classes about not being white i mean it's sick and if you would show this type of movie and tell the truth these people with this cancel culture and this craziness would not get away black or white they couldn't get away with this you're so right but you know i thought this movie in many ways was much more effective than to kill a mockingbird yeah, me too me too saw that movie me that too. way but i thought no no this movie does a much better job delivers the message yes much better i it's totally agree all, it's, it doesn't like it's not a big production thing yeah it's black and white it's stark yes there's no fat to it no it's just all lean meat right but the message hits you more directly in this movie and oh, I, I yes. think it's a superior movie for all the hoopla that that other movie gets uh georgia you I, I was thinking of you you articulated what i was thinking because i kept saying what other movie does this remind me of and then i thought about to kill a mockingbird and then i immediately uh you know dismissed it and, and i love that movie i'm not against that movie at all but this i like you said i don't know if it was because of how it was produced and shot but you know they use real people this was not it was it, it was a real town and real yes. people and so maybe that's what it was, you know, and Faulkner, nothing against Harper Lee, but Faulkner was just a master of crafting, of taking real people and maybe drawing yes. from his real life experiences and just, oh my gosh, just, I wasn't drawn into To Kill a Mockingbird like I was with mm -hmm. this movie. With this movie, it's like I knew these people. Yeah, well, you know, people may disagree with me, but I think that the uh, character, the central, you know, the, the black man who was in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, mm -hmm. they didn't do much character development. That's what it was. You're right. Very different You're in right. this movie because you see uh, Lucas Beecham, the central character, you see him as a black man in a white world. Mm -hmm. And you know what makes it really more uh, easy to think about uh, prejudice and racism is that if they made him a real sweetheart of a guy and a real, you know, you know, like nice and sweet and all that, then it, you would just think it was gratuitous. But let me tell you something, which is so smart about the way the Faulkner draws his character. This guy is not necessarily a very likable person. Right. Right. He's, he's not a, a friendly guy. Very proud and, and stubborn. He was a yeah. real person. He was a real person exactly exactly and so i think that uh if if they had drawn him a different way it wouldn't have I don't worked think the message would have it, it wouldn't have hit home it wouldn't have made no. an impact 
no on, on people no um so i think it's easier to um see the prejudice and convince people you know you don't want to horribly kill an innocent man even though he may not be the most likable guy yeah uh i mean he was a good person don't get me wrong he was good he wasn't evil he he was a he was a good no, person right 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 is, and it's it's like you know would you have even even if all this wasn't going on and segregation was so right prevalent i mean that was the code yeah it was jim crow this is right before right 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 even in the film even in the very filming of this movie yes okay and the way that this movie was filmed even though it was done on location in oxford mississippi mm -hmm. the this is a stark contrast the white cast and crew were housed at the university of mississippi and housed and fed there but because of the laws there get this the very central character, the star, the Juan star, Hernandez, right. he has to stay. Yes, it's a prominent black man. He's an undertaker. And also the young man who plays uh, the maid son, who's right. uh, Alex. his best friend, mm -hmm. the black teenage boy. Mm -hmm. He has to also stay yep. at a private home. All the so black cast. Even, right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is just it's crazy. Very crazy. It, it, it was. But I also have to tell everybody, you have to be aware they're going to use language in here. That they're gonna <laughs> right. Use. If you're triggered, if you're triggered, yeah, so. but don't you dare try to cancel this movie because uh -uh, cause you could look because now you're triggering me. <laughs> right. Right. You take it in the context of the time. Exactly. The masterpiece of the way it was written. Right. You take it that way and you understand that is the way people talk. Yes. And so yes. before you, you try and get out your pen and want to slash you and censor everything, <laughs> right. listen to the movie. Right. Listen to the amazing message that this movie yes. has. Like Moya says, it is there. It is big. And I, I think people would really understand one another better if they happen to watch this movie right right because it is a powerful message and it's so so masterfully done yes i mean georgia you couldn't look we could drop the microphone right there because we could we could end right there the the uh the podcast right there the episode um but back to what she was saying the imagery no scene wasted um i especially love the scene where uh, Claude Jarman Jr.'s character, the the the, uh, the little young white guy, uh, the teenager, goes back to the jailhouse um, because he he sensed man he was trying to tell. See the the uncle didn't get it, the adult didn't get it that Wano Hernandez <laughs> yeah. was leaving something out and wanted to tell him something. So the little boy he picks back up on it, goes back. And uh, he told a jailer, you don't, you don't have to open a door anymore to let me in a cell. I can just talk to him through the bars. And Wano, for those of you who know Wano Hernandez or when you want to see this, and shout out to TCM. This was on TCM. Um, I recorded several months ago. We're just getting to it. But Georgia, where did you see it? On YouTube, you said? Yes, I did. Okay, so it's on YouTube. It's not on YouTube. Okay, yeah. for, uh, for free. So please go catch it there. Um, but yeah, so... He said, hey, you don't have to um, open the door, you know, the, the uh, I don't have to go back in. We'll just talk to the cell bar. So those of you who uh, see this or know what Wanda Hernandez looks like, he has huge Betty Davis eyes as well. His eyes, 
He can look through you with those damn eyes. He has bug eyes. Nice looking man. Very nice looking man. But his eyes are, he can talk to you with his damn eyes. And so he, you, his eyes did a lot of the acting in this movie. So when he and Claude Jarman Jr. were talking through those bars and it could only look eye to eye. And I think that was on, on purpose, the symbolism that they were seeing eye to eye with each other on this um, case. And so I was like, oh, wow. I, you know, I didn't recognize that before when I seen it. But looking at it, I said, okay, I get what they're doing now. So it, it and, and they were equals. They, they were eye yeah. to eye and they were talking to each other yes. as equals, which was, again, unheard of back then. Unheard of. Yes, it's groundbreaking. So many things about this movie are. Yes. This is the first time that a black man was portrayed in a way yes. that was significant and and in a way that was empowered. Yes. You know, and, and the kind of character and the person that he right. was. Right, right. I mean, with the character. He was intelligent. Right. Yeah, well-developed. He wasn't oh, shucking. He wasn't shucking and jiving. Oh, he wasn't scared and all greasy and sweating like they tended to have the black men back then and, and sometimes no. now um, when they're afraid. Uh, and he 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 and he was like, he said, ain't, ain't nobody ever knocked me down. And I was like, That's oh, right. yes. OK, thank you. And see, in Georgia. So I grew up in the South in, in Georgia. Georgia had some time in the South as well. But I pretty much grew up in the South. I'm a child of the 70s. And I can tell you. This portrayal of the, because he was married of his wife and himself, the scene with the wife when she helps the little boy, um, Claude Jarman Jr. falls in their creek and gets all wet. Um, and she comes and throw that, throws the blanket around him to warm him up. And she pretty much holds him because they don't have any kids. I said, that's significant as well. Um, and so she, you know, throws her arms around him. But she does it with pride. It ain't it ain't a mammy or oh, come on here, child. Let me, honey, child. Let me throw you on. You know it ain't that kind of stuff. And there's a place for that. I mean, you know, people get mad at that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's it Hollywood. It, people, black people like to signal single out how black people were caricaturized, but everyone in Hollywood was caricaturized. Men, women, black, white. Asia. I mean, that's just what it was because it sold back then. It was strictly a, um, and, and, and yeah, prejudice was involved, but they, if, if white pe people went to the show and said, Hey, we don't like your depiction of Asians or blacks or whatever. The studios wouldn't have did it because it was about money, but it was, people thought it was funny and it, it sold pictures. So it was business. Yeah. Like I said, it was prejudice in it, but Hollywood characterized everybody and stereotyped everybody. But back yes. to the movie, yes. um, how she, you know, grabbed and held him and put the, the, the blanket around him. And I was, I, and so I was saying, I was so again, proud of this depiction of black people, especially for that time period, because Georgie, you know, I said this before, I have never known anybody in my life, black talk, like step and step and fetch it. Well, how's it be? I don't know. I don't, I've never met anybody unless they had some mental yeah. issue talk like that walk like that my people uh my grandparents and my other you know the older people the elders i i don't know we don't know it and you were taught to have pride you were taught to carry yourself with dignity don't shame me don't shame yourself i mean my people will turn over in their grave the way black and i'm gonna just say it black people act today 
They didn't fought, fight and die for this foolishness. And I don't, I don't care if you don't like it, whatever. We Look, I'm going to tell you, if you want to holler at me, we are on Facebook at How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Please put all your comments there. We're on all the platforms. And, and if you really, you know, you won't cancel, how about you get your own podcast and you can say and do whatever you want, you know? So, but this is my opinion and I'm telling you my experience. And I am so glad this movie, and it's one of the few, showed black people. And I, like I said, it's a miracle this got made. And like we said, it didn't make any money, yeah. but at least it was made. Oh, I know, but you know, some of the touches in here, I had to re-look at some of these scenes. The way that he is turned out, it tells you so much about his character and personality. He's always dressed in a yes. morning coat. He has yes. a hat on. He has like a gold toothpick. And another thing about him is that he even has like a very special kind of like a weapon he wears only, uh, he only has on Saturdays. Right. But the way he carries yes. himself, he carries... His carriage, his posture. Class. You know, I mean, there's some things about this this movie, the way it's done, and also when he's in jail. One of the things I noticed, okay, he's in this jail cell, and he has just like a box screen to land. Right. He, does. he takes newspaper, he puts it over, and then he has a beautiful, brand new quality shoe. Yes. He puts it behind his head, and he, the way he lies there, it's just regal. Have you yes. know? I yes. I that and I went, Look at this. This man, Look instead of, this. George, I'm so glad you brought that. Instead of complaining and saying, hey, where my MFN mattress? No, where my MFN? He, he said, I'm going to take this horrible situation and try to have some control and hold dignity and pride in myself. And, yes. he, and they have me caged up like an animal, but I'm not going to act like an animal. Right. Right. He's not in there crying. Crying. No. Trouble doesn't pander he never does any of that no ever. no 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 never like oh please help me i'm innocent he, he never like no never no does. never and never. and i mean kudos to faulkner and brown and uh and the production for i cannot believe they got away I, i'm saying getting away with it. i just i can't believe this got produced because it is so anti-traditional Hollywood productions and depictions of black people. It's, it's, it was it was groundbreaking, like you said. It was absolutely. And you know, I I don't know. I I I, I, I it probably, did it get shown shown in the South? I no idea. Maybe that's why I didn't make any money because I can't imagine the people of black the white the powers that be in the South being okay with this movie because it it and I'm gonna tell you something else. It didn't do. It didn't over over redneck if i can uh the southerners it didn't make it didn't hyper up their racism it was accurate no. because it showed yeah. that this was these people mindset it was just how they thought not not excusing it because it really indicted it, it indicted racism it, it, but and i'm gonna tell you something else when they showed because there was some other black people in there i'm sorry i laughed uh you couldn't find a black person in the beginning of this movie. And when you saw them, they were all hiding out because of what happened. And without giving too much away, yeah. and when you, without giving yeah. too much away, when they reappeared, I laughed my behind off because they were like, oh, okay, it's safe now. <laughs> but that's how it was. 
That's how it was. Yes, yes. But you know what told me a lot was there's a a part where, you know, they are heading, there's a a very, they're on this investigative trail. Yes, yes. I'm just going to say that. I don't want to give anything away. No spoilers. But there is a scene that tells me so much the on the, you know, because like there was at that time a a black side of town and a white side of town. Right, right. And they're going through the black side of town. But the way the people react at night when they hear yes. that that old car the, yes and a horse and they hit a horse, horse coming yes Have yes you, did you notice how they go uh, the whole family oh yeah yeah they all go on high, like, that's real that 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 was see it was yeah. so it was yeah. girl it was it was almost like it wasn't shot like a documentary but no. it, but it did document. The, uh, yes, it felt yes. in some ways. What it, what it what was happening in the um in the in a time frame. Um we are almost out of time. You know, we don't we we could talk about this movie for hours cuz you know, we left <laughs> yes. We left so much out Georgia. Um is there anything you want to touch on before we get out? Of? We have a little bit of time. Anything you could well, want to touch on? Well, there's something that I wanted to say about Juan Hernandez that I thought was just to me, I, I don't know. I thought it was so ironic and and, and interesting. You know, Juana Hernandez was trained uh, as a radio and stage actor, and he was even a scriptwriter. And so he had this, in real life, he had this most perfect enunciation. And so Faulkner himself had to coach Hernandez on the local dialect. Wow. So, can you believe this? this That's is crazy. A, this is a black man, and here, and he sounds very Shakespearean. And so here's... Faulkner trying to teach him how to sound like a Mississippi black man. <laughs> to me, that just it just blew me away. Wow. Coach him. Wow. Because his speech was so perfectly enunciated to the point of almost being Shakespearean. He goes, No, we gotta help the I'm gonna be your dialogue coach. That's I'm crazy. From Mississippi. So you got a white man teaching the black man how to talk. Right, right, right. How to how to how to lower? He had to lower his 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 standards or his 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 uh like I said his vocal ability, and that says that says volumes. That's that's volumes. Speaks volumes. Well, Georgia, is there anything else before we get on out of here? Um. Well, I just want to say, like you said, Moya, I want you to listen to the way. There's no, you can barely hear any music at all in this movie. Mm-hmm. But even Faulkner himself said, I like the way the director props to director Clarence Brown because he said he used things like bird calls, yes. battle squeaks, yes. footsteps in the place of music telling yes. what emotion you should be experiencing. Yes. And he said, Wano is such a fine, an- fine actor and a fine man too. Um, and so, Faulkner himself was incredibly pleased with this movie. They paid him $50,000 for the screen rights, and Faulkner was always strapped for cash. So he was oh. so glad to get it. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, I think that it's important to know that you're watching a quality movie, and a historian said that the movie Intruder in the Dust broke new ground in the cinematic portrayal of Blacks. And he said that Hernandez's performance and extraordinary presence still rank above that of almost any other black actor to appear in yes. an American movie. This is how groundbreaking yes. this performance is. So do not miss this. This is a treasure. Right. They, and they, they never mentioned Juano Hernandez. And I, I found him, I can't remember if I looked at Breaking Point first. 
And and again, guys, that was our um our previous podcast episode, so don't miss that. I don't know if I saw that first or I saw this first. I think I think I saw this first, Intruder in the Dust. And I immediately like, who is this man? Why they always mention Poitier and Belafonte and all these kinds. But I was like, why no one talks about what I mean, they I don't know if they studied this guy, but they had to because he was the only one, black or white, he, you know, he really is up there in that pantheon of great actors, black or white. It has nothing to do with his color. He was a fan. He still, you you look at him. How people would look at Spencer Tracy, like we talked about in Bad Dad Black Rock, and go check that out, guys. We did an episode on Bad Dad Black Rock. How you could not take your eyes off of Spencer Tracy, no matter what was going on in that movie. Juan yes. Hernandez is central, no matter what's going on in the scene. You are looking at Juan Hernandez, even though it's not told through his eyes. It's really told through the little boy's eyes, the, in my opinion. I think the, the teenagers, that's really whose eyes is told through. Um, yeah. But you are watching Elizabeth Patterson, uh, uh, her character. You are watching her. When and uh, what's her name, Miss Habersham, and you were watching Wano Hernandez. Yeah. Um, when you're looking at this, so Intruder in the Dust, guys, please take a look at it. T let us know what you think. We are on all almost uh, podcast platforms. We are on iTunes, Apple, uh, Google, and Castos. And um, keeps every time I say I get on Amazon, but I keep forgetting to put us on there. I'm gonna put us on there, <laughs> but we'll be on Amazon Music soon. Um, and don't forget we're on Facebook. Please hit us up on there. Let us know what you think of our uh, of this uh, of the our podcast with Intruder in the Dust. I am Moya, and I'm in Georgia. I'm gonna let you have the last word. Is there anything else, my darling, that you want to say about this movie? You know, some movies have the power to make us think and make us better people. Yes. Well, I think that's the highest calling that a movie has. Yes. And I think that certain this movie certainly does that george i think that's the first time you said that and 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 i agree sometimes you know movies just a movie but no this movie if you walk away from this movie and not having a sentiment that george just said you don't want to change you you don't <laughs> you, you really do not um well thank you guys we will be with you next time for another rip snorting episode of how betty davis saved my life Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I am Moria, and ma'am, you are? I'm Georgia. And you guys take care. We look forward to seeing you next time.